We don't condone any of the games that we're going to mention. These games are dangerous and might actually cause harm. Your soul is very important to us. Are you ready to play? Ah. My brother, my brother, my sister, my sister, my siblings, my family. Good evening. That was cute, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. I welcome all of you here for our Black History Month episode. All right. I am sitting here with a warm heart for once. <laughs> Aww. Yes. Now I know we're only going to put this one... For, you know, this month. But, I understand Black History Month is all year round. Yeah. All year round. Keep it killed. Keep so it is Hispanic Heritage Month. Yes. So is Indigenous Peoples Month. Yes, we keep all of them going all year round. Yeah. We are all of these things. Mm -hmm. And they are all of us. We are every woman. It is all inside uh, yeah, us. Yeah, go, go. Because like, last time I tried, it did not go well. I know. That's, that's why I did it. <laughs> I, I, I did it for you. Don't, don't you worry. <laughs> you know, we, you, we're not going to have no big introduction. I just... We're going to get right into it. Yeah. Share it with you. Short, sweet, and to the point. Let us take you back, all the way back in time, to ancient Egypt. Ooh. Yes. Heka is the ancient Egyptian word for magic or practicing magic. It's also translated as Hekau. To go a little deeper, it actually represents the deification of medicine and magic in ancient Egypt. Nice. Very nice. In the Old Kingdom Pyramid text, it was first described as a supernatural force that only the gods possess. Mm -hmm. Now later on, Heka was deemed as a god of his own, but was more so categorized as superstition rather than a religious figure just yet. Mm. Heka was more so thought to be the power that the gods wielded. And so, Heka is one of the oldest gods of Egypt, dating back to the pre-dynastic period between 6000 BCE and 3150 BCE. You know, it was, um, I'm like now thinking about like Egyptian gods, the movie, the Prince of Egypt, right. that at one point when I was younger, I knew all the Egyptian gods because of the song playing with the big boys now. Yeah. Which was a cool song, by the way, but like they listed all the Egyptian gods mm. and I was trying to remember them now and like. Uh, it was so long ago, but that was a good movie. It was, was a lovely yeah. movie. I highly recommend that movie. It's uh, about the story of Exodus, but if you take out like the religious context, it's still a really good movie. I can't get over the fact that it took them, I think it was 20 years to animate the water. Right. Three years? No, it was three years, I believe, <laughs> to animate the fucking splitting of the sea. Yeah. And by God, it was like amazing. So good. Big ups to Disney for, you know. It wasn't Disney. It's a non-Disney movie. You said The Prince of Egypt. Yes. 
It is not Disney. I thought it was, Pi- oh, so it was Pixar. No, it's DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Okay. Big ups to DreamWorks for shading the characters the right colors. Oh, yeah. Because the live action one really pissed me off. Ugh. I'm not even going to get into this. It's a happy time. Mm. Happy time. Happy, happy. Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, I'm sure many of you are picturing the mummy in your head right now. The, you know, the, the good one with Okan. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty good. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. I, I like it. I paid money for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, even though you are picturing this movie in your head, you're probably really picturing the magic books in the movie. You know, the Book of the Dead, mm-hmm. the Book of Life. Mm-hmm. However, it turns out that there is no Book of the Dead. That would be the gold one. Oh, yeah. The uh, Book of Anubis. Mm-hmm. However, that book is a myth. Okay. Well, yeah. It's just a nickname for about 200 spells that ancient Egyptians believed actually worked. Oh, cool. So there's some realism to it, but it's not actually a book. Okay. It's just a list of spells. Correct. That's so cool, though. Now, there is actually an ancient Egyptian book located in Australia at the Marquis University. Nice. Now, the book likely dates back to the 7th or 8th century AD, so still mad long ago, and this book was written in Coptic language, that would be the final stage of the ancient Egyptian language, and it was translated after about 30 years. Wow. It was found to contain spells and invocations for obtaining love, of course, exercising evil spirits, which we adore, and treating infections and ailments. Nice. Lovely. I wonder how much of that is like modern now. Like it has a modern name to it, but they thought it was like some kind of supernatural shit. Oh girl, I don't know. We might use some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Ancient Egyptian magic was often intertwined with medicine. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of other cultures. That was definitely a thing. So of course the clergy and the monks participated in Hekka, however, they were outside practitioners as well. It is suspected that the outside practitioners did not want to be labeled as magicians, but it is unknown why. So they weren't always open about their practice. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the negative aspects... Oh, goodness. Honey, this is our genre. Okay. <laughs> Hekka was also used for curses. Ooh. There were curses put in place on objects, people, and of course ancient Egyptian tombs. Oh my god. Yeah, because they believe in like the afterlife, so they're trying to curse you even after death. I'm about to say like, petty as hell. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, curses did not run rampant in ancient Egypt. Most of the curses found written in hieroglyphs turned out to be more so along the lines of warnings and written threats only. <clears throat> so, how about we go into some that people believed and still believe are actual curses. Ooh. Yes. Okay, we're going to start with an oldie but a goodie. The Pharaoh's Curse. Ooh. Otherwise known as the Mummy's Curse. This curse was said to be placed on certain tombs of late pharaohs to punish anyone who dared to enter the tomb, rob the tomb, disturb the pharaoh's rest, etc. The most famous one, of course, is the Curse of King Tut's Tomb. Aww, uh, and they discovered that one. Near the door of the tomb, the words, Death shall come on swift wings to him who disturbs the peace of the king, are inscribed. Ooh, that's nice. Ain't it pretty? After the tomb was opened by archaeologists, there were several mysterious deaths within their group. Oh my goodness. The first was that of Lord Carnarvon, 
He died only a few months after an infected mosquito bite. What makes it so eerie is that a similar mark was found on the pharaoh's body during an autopsy. Oh my god! Lovely. Also, when Lord Carnivon passed away, all the lights in his home blacked out for no apparent reason. Wow, that's crazy. Bit of a coincidence! (laughs) Coincidence, I think not! (laughs) His death was the most talked about. Mm. But quite a few of his colleagues also suffered death as well. Now, another example we have. In a Manchester museum, there was a small statue from an ancient Egyptian display. Every three days, the statue would turn 180 degrees, seemingly on its own. Hell no. (laughs) Hell no. The statue was encased in glass and only touched by the curator to turn it back to its original position when necessary. To make it even more weird, the security cameras were checked and the statue was seen moving on its own. Oh my god! (laughs) Apparently, ancient Egyptians believe that if a mummy is destroyed, a statuette of the tomb could be used as a vessel for the person's soul. Oh, my goodness. It's okay, hun. Oh, my God. Like, I imagine seeing that on camera. Now, of course, there are people who don't believe, so they have to have some sort of explanation. Of course, of course, of course. Scientists claim that there's a possibility that the friction of the statue's surface and the case's surface could cause the statue to turn. How? I don't know. (laughs) The friction, like, it's it's sitting there. Friction happens when there's movement. It's sitting there. There's no wind. It's in a case. I don't know. I don't know. And it only goes back when somebody turns it back. Yeah, because it would keep moving. It was just no friction. I don't know. People got to explain shit away. Yeah, so yeah. Like, I'm a superstitious ass motherfucker. <laughs> so. Good, because I got more for you. Now, unfortunately, there is another creepy statue we have a problem with here. On March 10th, 1971, a tomb was being cleared out in Sakura about 20 miles away from Cairo. The leader, Walter Bryan Emery, removed a small statue of the god Osiris, taking it back to the village he was staying in. He left it with his assistant for the time being. A bit later, he found his assistant moaning and paralyzed in the bathroom. When they arrived at the hospital, his assistant was paralyzed on his right side and was dead by the next morning. Oh my god. And remember I said it's the statue of the god Osiris, right? Osiris, as a god, is the judge of death and the underworld. I thought that was um, Anubis. Anubis is his son. Oh. It's a family thing, girl. It's a family uh-huh. thing. Yeah. Like okay. I said, brothers uh-huh. and sisters. Uh-huh. Mothers and fathers. <laughs> oh my god. That's insane. It's okay. Another young archaeologist was also found to be drastically unlucky. Zahi Hawass helped to excavate the Komabubilo site. Exactly a year later, his cousin died. After another year, his uncle. After the third year, his aunt. Wait, what? So every anniversary of his excavation was marked by the death of someone in his family. But that's crazy how it's like not his direct family. That's like his aunt, uncle, cousin. Oh my god. And years later, he was working in the Pyramid of Giza. He came across a curse. You would have think he learned. Nah. All people who enter this tomb, make evil against this tomb, and destroy it, may the crocodile be against them in water, and snakes against them on land. May the hippopotamus be against them on water, 
and snakes against them on land. He doesn't really believe that mummies should be on display, but he is even more fearful of people entering tombs. I was gonna say, he's already fucking up by entering one, and he's entering another one. <laughs> so I don't know what the fuck he's afraid of. Obviously, he's not afraid of shit. In 1966, a Polish traveler was aboard a ship with two mummies in the cargo. It is said that he experienced the most terrifying visions of two specters, and then a massive storm began to rise as they sailed. The waters only calmed when the two mummies were thrown off the boat into the ocean. No! Oh my god. Like, I throw a tantrum too if you try to take me away from my fucking house. True, but like, my god. Another archaeologist was removing two mummies from the Baharia Oasis tomb. During this time, he was plagued with strange and disturbing dreams about children. Ew! However, others who were ever in the possession of these mummies experienced the same haunting dreams. The dreams stopped only after the father's mummy was reunited with that of the children. That's fucking crazy. Oh, hell no. So that wasn't just one person. That was a See, now, people think I'm crazy being superstitious as fuck. Well, you know what? You can be as superstitious as you want. Yeah, because, like, I'm safe from all the shit y'all don't believe in. <laughs> I have to believe in it so I completely protect myself. Y'all can go ahead and fuck shit up. I'm going to be right over here. <laughs> but on a lighter note, one positive supernatural occurrence supposedly came from ancient Egypt. There was a young, sickly boy who loved Egypt. While at the Egyptian Museum, he looked into the eyes of King Amos I. Well, the mummy, mm -hmm. basically. By some miracle, the young boy was cured of illness with no explanation. Oh, that's so sweet. And he later went on to study further into Egyptian culture. Oh, that's so great. Yes, it is. And we're not dead. Of course not. I have one small... <laughs> it is short. It is short. Okay. Okay? Okay. You will need two tall red candles. Oh, hell no. And two tall black candles. Also, you need a picture of someone you wish to curse. Mm. And black sand. Black sand? Yeah. Go outside and place the candles around you. Use the black sand to connect the candles in a circle. Place the picture of the person you wish to curse in front of you and picture the worst thing that could happen. Oh, hell no. Call upon the gods Osiris and Anubis. Focus on damning the target to harsh misery. Oh, no. After that, let the gods take care of the rest. See, I'm not the kind of person to do that. Like, my mother has always told me never, like, wish harm on anybody not even your worst enemy mine too because like then you really regret it and then life comes back at you 10 times worse mm -hmm. so like no don't do that it's not worth it and then like i don't i don't care what you believe like in god karma revenge stuff like that but life or the universe life and the universe will throw it back in your face a thousand <laughs> times worse yeah so like my goodness i would never curse anybody not even like 
Well, hell no, because it kind of go against everything we do. Yeah, that goes against like, my my morals and my beliefs and my like upbringing. I guess. Candles are for smelling. Yes, the candles are supposed to be nice and scented and relaxing. Yes, and when a hurricane hits, they are there just to light my way. Yes, and if you're gonna have very passionate sex, and they're there to set the mood. Yes, yes, or right by candlelight. Yes, right by candlelight. If you want to feel bougie. Oh that. yeah, and then one by land, two is by sea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, wow. That's that's insane. I believe in like superstitions, and I honestly would never, ever do something like that. Well, ancient Egypt is definitely the place for you. Yeah, or stay away from. Cause like one, mummies are like, yeah, mummies are like the coolest things. But like, and you know, there is a lesson we could take from this. <laughs> and what is that? If you go into a tomb, that's technically someone's resting place, so you probably shouldn't take their body out of it. That's one, and then don't take their stuff. Yeah. Maybe you should just, you know, if they're dead, like, leave leave them alone. That dream guy's, like, really fucky with the children. Yeah, he's probably bothering him, like, where's my daddy? Mm-mm. Where's daddy? And those kids were sickly. Because remember, since they inbreded, like, they um, had sex with each other, the siblings, a lot of the kids came out, like, really deformed and sickly. Oh, yeah, that was for those who did that, unfortunately. Yeah. But, you know, that's... We see that nowadays. It's still around, which is like really gross. But um, yeah, a lot of royal children were sick. Yeah, like King Tut. King Tut. They found out, like they diagnosed him with like all the DNA they got from him. Like they actually gave him like a full diagnosis of what he had. I think he had like down. He had like some other shit that was crazy. It got crazy back in Egypt. But them curses came over here. Oh no. They're really famous for that, too. Like, well, yeah, Egypt. You yeah. know, back then, I mean, magic was like the thing in the back in the day, which is so cool if you really think about it. It is so cool. My mind is like, wait. Sometimes I'd be wondering, like, did magic used to work back then, and it just got broken on the way up? Maybe nobody fixed it. Maybe you know, like that old toaster you don't want no more. <laughs> you just throw it out and be like, it never happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like they did believe in a lot of stuff. Like for example, like ancient like mayans uh, like astronomy was their biggest like and like magic wielders the stars and ancient egypt it's a lot of like medicine and spirituals yeah and like also like ancient like india like ancient like you know really good what they believed in back then it is amazing yeah it's pretty cool happy black history month to everybody yes yes we wish you all the best keep studying oh yeah all year long Mm-hmm. Study everything all year long. Mm-hmm. Know your history. Yeah, it's something a culture that we'd be very proud of. Remember, we um, we'll have a little, like especially the indigenous people. You are black, especially like my people, Latin Americans, definitely have a lot of black in them. And then like the islands, Caribbean, Haiti, um, Haiti, black. Dominican Republic, Puerto Ricans. And um, then there's the black folk. <laughs> and then the, yeah, then you have like actual like from Africa, which is great. Ah, we are all black. Yes, we are all Africa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are. Yeah, like uh, Queen Latifah in her uh, UNIT wife. Yep. <laughs> Yo, don't get me started in here with that. I will play it. <laughs> we ain't leaving this house just yet. I fucking love Queen Latifah. <laughs> Well, once again, we thank you for joining us for Black History Month. Hopefully, we taught you a little something new. Yeah. And uh, we have a Valentine's Day episode coming out all this month as well. 
I forgot about that one. Yeah, and don't think this is gonna be like lovey-dovey shit. No, no, no. It's a little, it's a little lovey. A little, little bit. A little lovey. A little bit. I'll bring like chocolates, but like, and also. I did ass forgot about Valentine's Day. <laughs> I know, it's like... I was just thinking Black History Month. <laughs> which is great. Priorities are in check. I was not thinking about no damn hearts. <laughs> You're thinking about curses and, like, Egyptian gods. Yes. Every time I hear Egyptian gods, I think of Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm, Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah. Uh, the Egyptian god cards? Okay, I was just double-checking. I was like, she said Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh. I was like, what the hell is Wu-Gi-Oh? Yu-Gi-Oh. I didn't know what she was talking about. Like, wait, is that a knockoff of Yu-Gi-Oh? I thought Digimon was a knockoff of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. And Pokemon. Ew, together. Yeah. Pokemon's the grandpa. Yeah. The ultimate, like, OG. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate OG. Yu-Gi-Oh's like our parents. Digimon is the dumb part of our generation. I loved Yu-Gi-Oh, though. It is... Oh, my God. Let me see if I remember the Egyptian gods. I'm probably going to make up a damn fool of myself. It is Ra. Mm-hmm. Definitely Ra. Yes. And it is... Uh, fuck. Hold on. Ra's the yellow dragon. She got one. And I was trying to think of the blue one. Which one was that one? The blue one. I know. I was like, the blue one, the red one, and the yellow one. Great. <laughs> the primary colors. Great. They all have colors. Morgy <laughs> Biv. Can you name them? Can you name the Egyptian gods? <laughs> I might just look it up just so I don't like end this episode on a very bad note. It's not bad. It's cute. Oh my god. I'd be like, I bet she has her gods color coded though. <laughs> No, the monsters are like there's a red Egyptian god, there's a blue Egyptian god, and there's a yellow Egyptian god. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Oh, I'm gonna show you. Okay. Uh we're looking up for Yu-Gi-Oh standards. I know, like I, <laughs> I have a friend who's like very <laughs> anal about my like the knowledge of Yu-Gi-Oh! And he's probably gonna be like ripping his hair out if he hears this episode. Oh, good for him. <laughs> So this it says this is all from the Yu-Gi-Oh site, you know. Don't quote me on this if I'm wrong. But we have Slifer the Sky Dragon, which is the Sky Dragon of Osiris, Obelisk the Tormentor, who I was like, that can't be him, because he's a, a five-set piece card that cannot be him. But apparently it is. So it's a giant giant god soldier of obelisk. And then the Wigan Dragon of Ra, who I had, and that's the Wigan um Ra sun god okay yeah cool i know you probably just don't give a fuck but i'm like, sitting here like well we are bringing Yu-Gi-Oh to black history month <laughs> <laughs> there's some people that watch anime i know there's plenty of black people who watch anime i think they're like honestly it's plenty yeah i know they're hilarious so i love them because the way they talk about like like dragon ball and like sasuke and everybody it's like, yeah it's absolutely hilarious and i love it like yo sasuke a bitch like, yo facts <laughs> He really is, though. <laughs> you can't bring that around us. You can't bring that around us. We just talk shit. Yeah. We waiting for somebody in the show to fuck up. <laughs> Always. And then we ain't on their team no more. And then Boruto came out, and we just all abandoned ship. We did. I had hope for it, and it just did not deliver. The movie was pretty good, though. The movie before the show was pretty decent. Mm. But then, like, when the show came out, it was just like... <laughs> and they try to do a ripoff of like Sasuke leaving the village and instead it's um Orochimaru spawn like mm-hmm. his clone that left the village and then Boruto and Sarada which is Sasuke and um Sakura's child cute hard black eye roll yeah <laughs> so they were like we have to get him back he left the village 
he's not a traitor. He's not a uh, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, this looks familiar. <laughs> and Yad decided to, you know, it's like the second aftertaste. It just doesn't, it's not good. I'm done. Yeah. It's like going for seconds that was like, you guys just didn't do a good job. Sasuke leaving the village hit us. And now you're trying to get this little whack ass motherfucker. It's like, it's not going to work. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, we have brought <laughs> to you. We brought anime to you. We brought Yu-Gi-Oh to you. And I hope that about educated your ass. Facts. There's nothing more you guys want. That's it. That's all you guys asked for. Yeah, we know. Y'all want to go to bed too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just like, <laughs> how to get it. I know. I know. We will leave you with that, my darklings. Happy Black History Month. Yes, happy Black History Month. Keep it black. Mm-hmm. All the blackness. Mm-hmm. Nice and black. Mm-hmm. The darker the berry. Mm-hmm. Sweet as the juice. I hate you. Yes, you do. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> well, good night, everybody. Night, night, loves. <laughs>